0: Number two that holds people back or keeps us poor, imposter syndrome. And when I say imposter syndrome, I'm more in the fact that you think that you don't deserve financial success. We see that very often with people that have grown up poor, come from poor families. They feel like that they don't deserve it because that is for someone that is more rich. And I think the way you break this cycle is you have to acknowledge the way you feel that people that are important in your life, people that you care about. And it's important to also celebrate when you do something good in your financial journey. And no matter what your current state is of your finances, there's always things that you can work towards and start celebrating. Don't get caught up in... Your past or where you come from and learn that everyone is deserving of financial success ladies and gentlemen welcome in to the free retiree show i'm your host wealth manager lee michael murphy joined alongside my pal interview coach sergio patterson what is up everyone Welcome in. Today, we're going to be talking about mindsets that hinder financial success. Essentially, the mindsets that keep us poor. Now, whatever economic background you're coming from, whether you're rich, middle class, poor, purpose of this podcast isn't to scrutinize certain socioeconomical classes, but it's about understanding the habits and mindset behind classes that have stayed poor or been impoverished. So Serge, I know that we've talked about this before and we respect that people come from different backgrounds, right? But one thing that we've seen in our journey of this podcast and learning about wealth building is that there is certain mindsets that can be positive and negative depending on your background, right? Whether you come from rich background, middle class or poor. Now in your mindset, what do you think are some common traits that you see from the
1: upper class poor that either elevate them or bring them down? Yeah, I think something common for rich people is they start out rich. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It can be very true though. No, that can be true though, right? You start in a certain situation or you start out poor, right? I think some of the mindsets I've seen, rich people, they're around, like network is huge, right? They leverage their network, they learn, and some of it is them, some of it is just by luck. But that's the luck of the draw. And then they took advantage of that opportunity to be around the right people to learn those habits, whether it's savings, whether it's understanding credit, whether it's understanding how to buy a home, all those things. Like some people just don't have access to. What I've seen is some of the people that are doing well, they like took those opportunities they were given and they went crazy with it. And then on the flip side, people who I know in my life who aren't doing as well, I typically would see that they have a victim mentality where, yes, it's very it's true. Ne- it's never them. They do the same mistakes over and they just never get it together, right? It's always something. And I have those people in my life as well. There's pros and cons on both sides. I've worked with a lot of folks
0: that come from rich backgrounds that have become poor. I've seen that a lot. And I've also seen people that have come from more impoverished backgrounds that have become wealthy. So it all depends on this thing we call mindset, right? Mindset has a lot to do with it. But in today's podcast, what we're going to do is we're going to break down some of the common mindsets of the people that have become poor or have been trying to break the cycle of poverty, some of those common mindsets that they have, whether you're looking to try to improve your financial picture or prevent it from crumbling, I think this is going to be a great episode. And like I said in the beginning, this is not about disparaging one socioeconomic class, but it's about uplifting and empowering everyone and learning the mindsets that propel us forward and the ones that hold us back. And we're going to focus a lot today on the ones that hold people back. But before we get into it, make sure you subscribe to our show. We appreciate all the love and support. Shout out to anyone that's on Elevation Radio as well. But if you got a question, financial related, career related, make sure you send them to ask at thefreeretiree.com. So going into our topic, the first thing that I think is very common with people that are struggling in trying to move forward is a flawed identity. These people have probably grown up poor their whole lives. They feel like can only be poor since they've grown up that way. Their parents were probably poor as well and didn't have as many opportunities in their life, and they feel that they can't break that cycle. And Serge, I think we've all seen that, and I think it's important to be sympathetic to everyone's background and where they come from, because we all come from different backgrounds. But one of the main mindsets that holds people back is their identity and holding on to that and believing that they cannot break that. So one of the big solutions I have in this category is to create financial goals and to have a financial plan written down. One thing that's very common, and I've seen this in my job, and I sit down with folks from all different backgrounds, right? I love sitting down with people that don't have a lot of money to see what I can do to help their situation. It's very common for those people To have the mindset that, well, I didn't grow up with money. I don't have money. And that's that. Mm -hmm. But these people, they tend not to have concrete financial goals. And what I mean by that is you can't just say, oh, I want to make money. Congratulations. Everyone wants to make money. Everyone wants to have money. Yeah. But having a mindset of, hey, this is my first goal. Three months from now, I want to have a dollar in my bank account and pay off this much credit card debt. And this is how I'm going to do it set the bar low even if you're setting low goals that's better than no goals right yeah 100 and a common thing that i have seen doing my job for like 14 years now is that when i do sit down with people that have struggled are more poor they tend not to have written goals down and they don't have a path so when i say written goal is you write your goal down but then you have pathways to accomplish these goals you, right, how you're going to do it. Timelines, right? Serge, so being a project manager. You know that you
1: need to have these things. And in fact, with your job, it's a lot around goal planning, right? That's all it is. Without timelines, nothing gets done because there's no accountability. In your job, how are you going to be successful as a project manager? What are you looking at? What we try to do is pretty much what you said and laid out already. We typically have a goal that we're working backwards from. Let's just say we're launching a product and we want to launch on December 25th. There are 17 different things. It's called a work-back plan that you need to do to reach that goal. The goal is launching a product. You need to do these 17 things to get there. So I think what you're saying, Lee, is like set a goal, but then there are these things to get to that goal.
0: Yeah, and that's what we mean by having a financial goal and plan, right? Can't just be like, I need to make money. That's not a good enough goal. Exactly how you described it. And listeners, what Sergio does for these Fortune 500 companies That is exactly how everyone needs to have their financial plan, specific, concrete. But the reality is most of us don't have that. And especially people that are coming from those poor backgrounds that haven't had a lot of help. It's also very common. Yes, the cards have been stacked against them. They still, for the most part, don't have this game plan. So whether that's you or it's not, I think it's an important
1: observation. And search the way you're describing, the way you do planning, that's how we all need to do it. Some people might not even know they need to do this, and that's why we're doing this podcast. Because some people in these positions, they're not exposed to it. But I think in this world we live in with technology, it's not that difficult to do a search, Google mm-hmm. search. I, I'm sympathetic, but I also think there's resources like this show and tons of the online resources that can help you start on your financial journey. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, we are
0: sympathetic to everyone's financial situation. We understand everyone's is different, but no matter what it is, you should always have a goal and you should always have a pathway and ways that you're going to get there. And it's got to be specific on time, right? That goes for everybody. So that's the first part, figuring out what your identity is. And if that's your identity, learn to adjust it to become someone else In having goals and pathways that are going to lead you there. So I think that's number one. Number two that holds people back or keeps us poor imposter syndrome. And when I say imposter syndrome, I'm more in the fact that you think that you don't deserve financial success. We see that very often with people that have grown up poor, come from poor families. They feel like that they don't deserve it because that is for someone that is more rich, right? And I think. The way you break this cycle is you have to acknowledge the way you feel that people that are important in your life, people that you care about, and it's important to also celebrate when you do something good in your financial journey. And no matter what your current state is of your finances, there's always things that you can work towards and start celebrating. Don't get caught up in your past or where you come from. And learn that everyone is deserving of financial success. If they're willing to do these things that we're talking about, making goals,
1: proper budgeting,
0: saving a little bit. But I think if you feel like you don't deserve
1: that, it's going to be tough for you to move forward. Does that make sense, Serge? Yeah, it really does. I think that's really interesting. It's resonating for me because I think it goes back to mindset, what you started the podcast with. And I've heard people say they just don't think that's for them. They can't envision that for them. And I think even myself, I think there's moments where I'm like living in the Bay Area and trying to buy a home. It's just too way out of touch. But it's really not if I really set a goal and project manage.
0: I find that in my own life, right? I feel like I'm really good at managing others' finances. Sometimes mine, there's cracks in there. It's not as clear as it should be. But yeah, that's our second one. So number three, not increasing knowledge. I'm sure, as you've heard people say, I'm just not that good with it. money and I aren't friends. You, We've all known those folks right? They give themselves that title. Very common. Now, I think that we need to look at it as like knowledge is something that is a skill. We're not born with this skill to manage wealth, but it's something that all of us can acquire, right? All of us can learn towards, all of us can educate ourselves, right? I like that word, right? (laughs) (laughs) Educate. But we can all work towards these things by really buckling down and trying to get smart. And I think that is one mindset that keeps people poor, not willing to gain the knowledge or seek out this knowledge, right? As I've gotten older in my life, I've realized knowledge is so powerful. You hear it all the time going through school, but now, you know, if I didn't have to work, I would probably just go to school. It's what propels us forwards. We know that about the school system and our education, right? They tell us that. But like why don't we look at that the same way for building wealth? It's not that different. It's the same thing almost. I would argue that it's way easier. But since we were brought up in a society that says, no, you don't need to learn about wealth. No, when we leave our schooling, there's masses that continue that mindset. I don't need to learn it because it wasn't in school. We learned all these things to get to where we are in our jobs, right? Spent years trying to be someone that's good in project management and working for a big tech company and years on that how much do we spend in our schooling on building wealth and learning that? For most of us, it wasn't much. And if you're currently in a school, you'll probably agree that it's not much. So we need to change that. We need to embrace financial knowledge. We need to do that to make ourselves better. But the problem with society is it's something that is not highlighted because becoming financially responsible,
1: becoming financially free is not what we go to school for. We go to school to learn to work. I think we could have a whole podcast episode on the need for like financial literacy and education in, in schools because people just, they don't get it, right? There is some sort of, I don't want to say the society wants us to be dumb or not financially literate, but there is something there where the more people in debt, it's better for a lot of people. It's better for some big companies out there, Lee, but we want people to be smarter so they don't get in debt and they can save money. There's truth to that. but. We got to break this cycle
0: as a society of not valuing financial education. So that's the one thing that we see with people that are coming from poor, impoverished class. There's no desire to increase the knowledge in the space. And this is something that all of us can do, right? Number four, no role models. It's very common that people that are poor, they just never had good role models for their finances. And that's totally understandable, right? A lot of times people come from families where they're just struggling to get by, single parent households, no money, and those are probably not ideal people to learn finances from. Going back to breaking the cycle, we can all think of people in our lives that have had some financial success that are doing well for themselves. You've seen them come from a state where they didn't have money and they've risen up. So the solution is get to know these people in your life and ask them what they've done, right? be very selective. You want to be asking people that they've done really smart moves in their life. Let me learn their journey. Let me learn what they went through. Let me learn their successes, their mistakes. And more than likely, if you have the courage to talk to these people and pick their brains, you'll find out more often than not these people are willing and happy to give you their experiences. And I think that is really important. If you're trying to get ahead financially and you're trying to change your history with your finances, it's important to find someone that's done really well and have these conversations.
1: Find someone you trust, right? I think there's so many bad apples out there online and who to believe and what to believe. I think it's important to find somebody you trust. Find somebody who's done it, to your point, Lee. Yes,
0: find someone that's done it. They have the blueprint. They've gone through this. They're battle-tested. Versus Googling and finding every get-rich-quick YouTuber, TikToker that's out there, stay away from that. We all know people in our personal lives that have had success. Reach out to them, invite them to coffee and just say, Hey, I'm trying to get ahead in my finances. I'd love to hear about your path and you'll learn from them. And I think for me, I had to have a lot of those conversations before. I got my mind in the right place. And I'm very blessed with my job because I get to get a large sample size of people's situations. But I think what's really helped me is reaching out to those that have done really well and asking them and learning about their history. And I think it's just fascinating to hear about what people have done. Everyone's got a story. It's our job to go learn it, to enjoy and better our own lives. So yeah, that's that one. Next one, number five, scarcity mindset. This is very common. For people that are struggling to change their financial situation, they always think that they're short on resources, that they don't have enough money. They need to be very conservative with how they invest. And as I've talked about, Serge, like with good investors, it's about not being too scared, but also not being too greedy, right? You got to be somewhere yeah. in the middle. That's what I've seen from the best investors. If you're too greedy, you make stupid moves. You don't do enough research on what you're investing into. You don't understand it and you lose your money. Now, the other side of it is the poor mindset is like, we've never had money. We need to not squander this money. But that scarcity mindset keeps you from taking necessary risk to get ahead. You need to take some risk in your financial life. If you're not willing to accept that I need to take some risk, like through investing in stocks, investing in real estate, you will be so difficult you to ever become financially free. It is so difficult to task.
1: This scarcity mindset's really interesting. I think there's, all of us have been in that moment where we are totally comfortable going and spending 100 or 200 bucks at the club or on alcohol or on whatever, Jordan shoes. But then when someone says, you should save 100 bucks a month, wait, wait, I can't afford it. We've all been there. Yep. And I think that's what resonates with me when you say scarcity. I'm very comfortable going and doing this thing, but I'm not comfortable giving my money to my savings account or an investment account. Exactly. So that scarcity mindset keeps us from putting our money towards these things that make us
0: money because we were always used to not having money. Right. And then at the same time, we'll justify a lot of silly purchases that we don't yep. need. So I think the big solution on this is understand that one, you need to take some risk in your life to get ahead. I've talked to you about this surge. It is like almost impossible for people to get financial freedom like in the Silicon Valley, unless they're making like half a million plus a year. Like it is just not possible between the taxes that you pay after you're working, the cost of living. It is not possible unless you're investing, right? If I have run the numbers, I'm like, there is no way that people can get ahead without investing in good assets, which means you have to take a risk, right? Unless you're planning on winning the lotto or you have a super huge inheritance coming, you will always be at this level where you can't get ahead. So that scarcity mindset mm-hmm. is something that you need to change if you want to get ahead knowing that you need to take that risk. And then focus on how you can make more money also. I think that's a a common one. When you have a scarcity mindset, you think I got to save everything, every little dollar that's there in my bank account and not do anything with it. Mm -hmm. But you also need to also look at, I can make more money. What can I do to make more money? I think those are the two
1: mindsets that you need to change the scarcity mindset. I love that, man. That's huge right now. I think all of us, there's so many ways to make money too right now side hustles. And we've talked about that before, but I I love that one. It used to be harder, right? Going back 10, 20 years, it was hard to make extra
0: money outside of your job. Now it is so easy, right? But yet still a lot of us are like, oh, just got to save my pennies or not just keep with money's there. They're not working a little bit more to make that extra money to save and invest, right? You don't need to work a ton, but you need to month by month, try to save 20%. Or if you're not saving the 20% of your income, Figure out how you can make that up through extra work. And it's out there. You can walk people's dogs, get some exercise and get paid. You could rough a youth league. refs are getting $100 to $130 a game. It's easy money. And there's people that do virtual assisting and they help with audio engineering. And the thing is, it doesn't need to be a lot of money, right? We all think, oh, I got to work a whole second job. No, you just need to save a few hundred bucks on top of your current situation and deploy that strategically to get ahead. So don't act, it's impossible for you to work anymore. Just working a little bit more can help you fuel your life to get to those financial accomplishments that you want to do. So on to our next one, instant gratification. This is a big one. We need to learn in this journey to not have instant gratification, right? That is one of the most common traits between the rich and the poor, the people that are able to make wealth and not. If you don't have that discipline to delay your gratification, you will constantly be spending that money, right? And this one's a tricky one, right? I think we all know people that they make the money, they got to spend it. And I struggled with this too at points in my life. But one thing that's really helped is making sure I give myself a reward system, making sure that I accomplish certain things before I can spend my money on a vacation, on going out. I have pretty much got a lot of my discretionary spending. I don't just spend or buy clothes for my, myself unless I reach certain things in my work life and certain goals financially before I spend the money. How right? does Victoria feel about this? this she does role? not agree. She hates it. We <laughs> had together. So Sergio is bringing up my wife. She is the fun. I am the anti-fun in our relationship. <laughs> you are the dream crusher. I am the dream crusher. I accept my role. But it is really important to give yourself certain structure when you buy things that you really like. So instead of just working and saying, oh, "I'm at all my money
1: that I get in my job," Jordan shoes are like crazy right now. They're coming back. The retro Jordans. They're like two hundred and fifty a pop. Oh,
0: gosh. Kids are
1: dropping their paycheck on them. That's wild. So
0: instead of just making a simple goal, I'm going to work and I'm going to buy it. Make your goal a little bit more strategic and valuable to your life. Think about it as like, all right, I want those Jordan shoes. But in order for me to get those Jordan shoes, I need to build a proper budget. I need to start an emergency fund. And I need to get three months saved in that emergency fund before I buy. Bingo. You got there. Then you buy it. Yes, you spend a little bit money, but... The work along the way outpaced those Jordans, and could be like, "All right, well, I need to get like five thousand, ten thousand, put in an investment account. I need to build that goal before I make this purchase of going on this next trip." I am someone that I don't believe in rewarding ourselves with these frivolous purchases unless we've hit certain milestones. Right now, Serge, I think I've told you this, but I desperately want a new car, and I told myself I'm not getting a new car. So I make this move on a you know property just not going to do it. And it's costing me more probably right now with the car that I have than getting a new one, but I need to execute on this goal before I reward myself with the other one. Okay. So, I'm a real big believer in when it comes to spending money on the fun stuff, you have to justify it with positive results in your life. It's going back to instant gratification. Make sure when you spend money on things that are fun, you got to make sure you earned it, right? I think that's something that can help everyone poor Rich, whatever, wherever your background is, I think that's an important way to improve your situation. And then on to our last one, and we touched on this one a little bit, no belief in that you can change your situation. Belief, as we've talked about before, is extremely powerful. And I think a great example of that is when we look at immigrants that have come to the United States. I saw a recent stat that basically of the Fortune 500 companies, 40% are now immigrants or have come from immigrant families. The CEOs? Yes, the CEOs.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: And I think that is something that makes sense because their mindset, if you're an immigrant coming to the U.S., you think differently about your opportunities in the U.S., Serge. You would probably think, I'm coming to the U.S., Dreams can happen,
1: right? They come with a a very passionate and they've seen much worse than what we've seen. They come from these countries where there's maybe war. Maybe they escape tyranny or like crazy violence, right? We have a relatively easy life. At least I can speak for myself. So compared to that, yeah, for sure. Thinking
0: like the system's rigged against us to a extent, it might be true, but the Bible, I think is just going to hurt you in the long run. Thinking you, you just can't be wealthy. Going back to this whole thing about we look at immigrants that have come here, there's a much higher percentage that make successful companies become educated and they have a 400% higher chance of becoming millionaires than people that are born in the U.S. 400%, that's a lot. That's an outstanding, eye-opening stat. And the big reason behind that is it comes to their belief in the opportunities that they have in front of them. And you look at the other side that have been in the U.S., feel like the system's rigged, they have the mindset that, ah, we can't rise up, there's no way. And if you believe that, it's corny to say, but you are what you believe a lot of the times. So I think having that belief, if you're trying to change your financial situation, you have to believe that you can do it. And it's easier said than done. And there's a lot of reasons to be jaded at the system and think that you can't do these things. But I think it's more powerful to believe that you can and focus on how you're going to do it than being stuck in this identity that you can't. So that's all I got for you guys. I thought this was a really good episode on like understanding what people are going through, but also understanding how to change your situation. And like I said, I know know, when people hear these podcasts, they're like, oh, I had this happen and this happened. And we get it. And we're not saying that your life's easy, but like through looking at these things that we've gone through today on the podcast, I think it can help everyone better their financial lives. So if you got any questions or if you have a episode request, make sure you send it to ask at thefreeretiree.com. Thank you for tuning in with us today. We appreciate it. So long from the Free Retiree Show. Securities offered through Securities America Advisors Inc. Member FINRA, .finra www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career advisor Sergio Patterson, attorney Matt McElroy, are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb, Inc. The opinions
1: of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.